As with most families, our mornings have their own kind of routine. At 7am we get Evelyn up, if she isn't up already. As my wife tends to the morning breastfeed, I jump into the shower. I get dressed, teeth are brushed, dogs are fed. Then there is just enough time to kiss my wife and Evelyn goodbye, and then I'm out the door and off to work. Only to return home that evening until the next morning when the routine starts all over again. Before Evelyn was born, like most new parents, my wife and I had to decide who would be the primary carer. Truth be told, my wife is a lawyer who is way more qualified than me, and don't tell her I said this, is certainly brighter than I. In the end, we decided that because I was unable to breastfeed, I double-checked, I definitely can't, my wife would stay at home with Evelyn and I would head off to work. But what if things were different? What if instead of reporting on news, I was reporting on poos? What if instead of interviewing Winston, I was interviewing Evelyn? And instead of hair-raising emergencies, I got Harry McCleary. What do babies say? What do babies want? What do babies do? This is the Man Child Podcast, an account of my dive into dadhood. Oh, oh God, this is gross. From the protests. Don't cry for me, Evan Rose. To the nervous negotiations. Okay, should we agree to talk about it? Okay, I'll give you the rattler. The unexpected insights. Oh, no. Oh, keep it off. Oh. And the moments that make it all worth it. Smile? On my unlit first path through the fog of fatherhood. What do baby say? What do baby want? What do baby do? This the baby life. Man Child brought to you by News Hub and Rascal and Friends. Gender roles are said to have changed a lot since my own mum and dad were new parents in the late 1970s and 1980s. Well, this is the nucleus family. After months of waiting, the father and mother will have thoughts too deep to be spoken. And as for the child, he's finished one section of his life and he's embarking on the next. He'll want to rest for a while after the stormy experience of birth so that he can adapt himself to his new world. Can you remember, Mum, what the, the social attitudes about the role the father was to have back in the 70s and 80s maybe differs from today? I think fathers are far more involved and far more attractive in the 2019. Your father was pretty involved, but his main job was going to work and the rest of my peers at that time. That was a similar mum's job was the baby and the family and dad's job tended to be going to work. Did you have a sense of irritation about the presumptuousness with which it was thought mums should be the full-time carers and dads be out and about? I don't think I did. 
My family background was my father died when I was eight months and I grew up on a farm and my mother did all kinds of work. So I didn't have a preformed idea of men's work and the woman's work. And I didn't, unfortunately, have a father and a mother as parents. So I don't think I had any uh, resentment of the scenario that I was in. And Dad, what was your view about, firstly, about social attitudes and how they've changed? Well, I think women still, I would have to say, have one up on men in terms of instinctive aptitude for child-rearing. And I quite go along with the fact that the men are doing much more and so they should be. For you guys, do you think if that was an option that you could take a year's paid leave to be a stay-at-home dad, would you take it up? Yeah, definitely. I'm in the dad huddle with new fathers Dan Rutledge. I would absolutely love that. And Rob Dowd. Yeah, definitely. A year's paid leave? We've got to be dreaming, right? Well, if we lived in Japan or Korea, that dream would be a reality because those countries offer a year's paid leave to new fathers. In God's own, we get two weeks unpaid. No, you can take two weeks unpaid leave. <laughs> Excuse me? Babies are famously expensive. We really need money. You, but no, thanks for the unpaid leave. Brilliant. Today's my first day back at work. So, you know, he's less than two weeks old. And oh. it's, my, it's the end of my parental leave. Yeah. Um, I still feel like my brain is catching up with reality. According to the OECD, that's the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, the average paid leave entitlement for fathers around the world is eight weeks. When you learn these figures, New Zealand's two-week unpaid leave seems, well, a little stingy. And it will come as no surprise that this leaves Kiwi women still doing the vast bulk of the parenting. Women are still doing all the care work and um, men are doing all the pays work with, you know, proper careers. So that kind of gender breakdown, yes, it's different from the 50s and last century, but ultimately it's still there. AUT Professor Dr Catherine Ravenswood is an expert in employment relations and parental leave. Men are still more likely to earn more and be in more high-status jobs than women. If it comes down to a couple who's earning the most and then whose income are you going to drop to below the minimum wage for 18 weeks, then you're going to choose the lower-income parent, which... I do know some couples where it's now the husband, but I think overall, if you look at we've still got a persistent gender pay gap and more men in senior positions, quite often it'll seem like it's a practical decision, but it's a constrained choice because the woman and women in our society still earn less and are still in not as good jobs. But there are some men bucking this trend. Men like the full-time dads I'm going to introduce you to now. Look, Tiller. Age 35. And Luke, how many kids do you have? I have two daughters, uh, under five. Uh, Sophie's nearly five, starting school in a few months. And then Ava's nearly two. Then there's Patrick Everett, who is a dad to little Billy. Patrick Everett. Patrick Everett. And Patrick, how long have you been a stay-at-home dad for? Uh, This is my second month now. So, uh, yeah, five, six weeks. And how are you finding that? Uh, it's good. It's um, it's good fun. Like you know, you get to see all the stages of development. 
Rascal and Friends Premium Nappies and Pants are changing the nappy game. They're known for keeping poonamis contained with features like a 3D core for an increased absorbency area, double leak guards and a high back waistband. Available in their cute signature print in all sizes from newborn to junior and new to the Rascal Collection, Sensitive Wipes, made with 99 plus percent natural ingredients. Perfect for cleaning up little and not so little Rascal messes. Get your Rascal and Friends from New World Pack and Save in Foursquare Nationwide. Stay-at-home fathers like Patrick and Luke are a rare breed. In the past year, 31,000 mums took paid parental leave to look after their child or children. And the number of dads, just 444 men put their hands up for paid parental leave. So even in 2019, daddy daycare, it seems, is not the done thing. I, mean, I don't know many stay-at-home dads growing up. Yeah, And no. if I did, I don't remember them. Yeah. Because they weren't particularly value or, or like celebrated yeah it wasn't like oh wow that guy's a stay-at-home dad it's yeah. just like oh he's doing his own thing that's awkward i can't relate to that yeah so um yeah i guess our, our upbringing doesn't really help us in this regard it's almost like a um a, a secret squirrel society like the the stay-at-home dads i get told by a lot of the mums oh i've got a friend that's a stay-at-home dad can you can you like make friends with him on facebook and, and get him into this group and it's like a real secret network of people that, that meet up and have a coffee and, you know, it's, it's quite funny. And what would be a normal day's routine for you? Normally I will get up at six and I'll have a shower and my breakfast and stick the washing on and um, give the, the house a bit of a tidy so that it's ready for him. And uh, Claire will get up at seven and I'll then take over from him while she gets ready for work and... Yeah, and from then on it, you just go into this like two or three hour cycle of feeding him, changing his diaper, yeah. and trying to get him to sleep, yeah. and that just goes on throughout the day. And yeah, just try and get out of the house with him at least once a day, because yeah. um, you know, I think we'd both go nuts if we didn't. One of the issues I was really keen to speak to Patrick and Luke about was the decision they reached with their wives on who was going to stay home. Patrick's wife is called clear. Uh, Claire took the first six months and then I've taken the uh, second six months. Oh, fantastic. We've both got jobs, we both bring in money, Yeah. we both have our roles in, in life, you know, yeah. and I don't think it's ever been an issue for one to be at home and one not. Right. Probably the, the one of the key decisions for us was like who enjoyed the job the most. And, yeah. And I I enjoy my job, but Claire loves her job, so it was nice to be able to give her the opportunity to go back to it, Yeah. rather than me being in a job that, you know... Right. I enjoy, but it's not like you know my 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 world. Yeah. Know. So it wasn't it wasn't entirely a financial no, issue. No, it wasn't. It was it was a mixture of things. Um, finance came into it obviously mm. because we we need to be able to afford to do yeah. it, I think. But um, there was you know more than just money being the factor. Mm. But um, but it, I knew that me being okay in my job mm. as opposed to Claire like loving to go back to a job yeah. was was another like positive for me staying at home with Billy. So. Right, okay, that's interesting. As for Luke, he left a promising career as a senior intelligence professional in the public service for an even more important project, parenting. His wife Amanda is a nurse. Her nursing salary was, was woeful compared to my government salary. Right. But the logistics was that she was working closer to home than me. Yeah. And her career, um, I mean, she's moved into practice nursing and, and who am I to say, no, my job's more important. Mm. Darling, you be the stay-at-home parent. Mm. You know, and uh, it's easy to, to think that and once upon a time I probably thought that that my job's way more important than yours and, and you know, you should you should quit your career to be a stay-at-home parent. But yeah. we decided um, that if we can live on one income, 
we will. Um, and if we can, we can pay our bills because the kids are going to benefit enormously if, if they're not going to have both stressed out parents at the yeah. end of the day and in the weekend. So we sort of take turns. So I feel like I've done my career. Now it's my wife's turn. Um, and the girls will have daddy home for a few years. For both Luke and Patrick, their workmates were very supportive of their career move. Oh, they were really, um, I guess, jealous. Like every, every guy, like every young father that I knew at work, was like, oh, that's awesome. I'd love to do that. That yeah. sounds awesome. I'd love to be a stay-at-home dad. What about the older dads? Older dads, I think just that, yeah, that generational difference. They were just like, oh, really? Because they were like the career dads who like, right. in your 30s, you're expected to be like, you know, in the midst of your career yeah. um, ascension, I suppose. Yeah. You're really going for it. Um, and so to, to, to step off that career track, it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. So yeah, I think definitely there's a generational um, culture difference here for sure. Uh, a lot of my friends are jealous, I think. Like they, mm. I mean, uh, for whatever reason, they, they didn't do it. But it'd be nice to think that maybe the next time they have a child, they yeah. think about doing it. And yeah. there, there'd be more uh, dads out there. Because it is, you, know, you don't see many dads in the, the, you know, the groups that you go to. Or, no. you know, it's... I'm the only one among my friends that are currently doing it. In the swimming group, there's a there's a guy there, um, but that's it. And generally, like the like the the mums have all met me through Claire when she was on the six right. So I've always kind of got that in, like they're oh, right. you know, you're Claire's husband, <laughs> and that's Billy. We know Billy, so then I'm not some sort of like you know stranger danger going in, even though I've got a child with me. But um, but yeah, it's I, I find that some some groups are a bit more hospitable than others, but generally. People have been, been good. Luke also found he was a man alone in the parenting groups he joined. How did the, the, the mums, what type of response did you hear from them? Oh, they were really supportive. It was awesome. I mean, living out here in the, in the, in the rural area, like a few of them be a bit surprised, you know, a bit kind of old school. And they're like, oh, you know, like, shouldn't you be working or something? Like, my husband's out on the farm. Like, maybe you give your job, you know. Um, but um, no, overwhelmingly supportive and, and often like really impressed. I had to be careful sometimes not to kind of show them up if I had my um, my shit together, so to speak. If I had like the girls all like well behaved and stuff at the playgroup, and they'd be really struggling, and they'd be like, "How do you do a better job than us?" And I'm like, "This is my good day. Like, it's not always like this." Um, but I did start to get the hang of it. There is one thing Luke and Patrick made very clear to me: this full-time parenting gig. Ain't no walk in the park. And what, what do you think's harder, working in your normal job or being a de- full-time dad? Oh, there's no. It's just yeah, hundred uh, percent being the dad. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can go to work and have a coffee in peace, <laughs> have your lunch in peace. You know, you you can have a chat with with loads of people. Yeah. You know, stare at a screen and think about something else. But but yeah, you're. You know, you got to just make sure he doesn't die, you know? <laughs> make sure he's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot more effort required for this. Probably the hardest job we've ever done. Um, I, I love taking time out to spend time with the girls, but to do it full-time and to not have the 9 to 5 Monday to Friday kind of routine and, and sense of, like, sanity in the weekend to have a break from it. So it's kind of like I loved it, but realised it was a real challenge. What's the hardest thing about being a stay-at-home dad? Uh, I, I guess no routine. Um, for a dad who's had a, a career and a, a bit of a work routine to lose that, I guess, mm. adjusting. Mm. So it took me a few months to adjust to that and, I guess, go with the flow. Um, I think there's a bit of social is- isolation because you'll go to playgroups and coffee groups and um, predominantly mums. And I, that didn't phase me. 
But I think the hardest thing is the feeling of, um, yeah, uh, who else is doing this? Mm. Um, and how can we meet up and, um, you know, share ideas and encourage each other? Has there been something that surprised you the most about being a full-time guest? Um, it's probably filling the time. It's a long day if you're mm. at home all day, which it, today was the first time I did that, because we, we generally we can get out, but he's not yeah. very well. But if you're at home all day with him, like you, you cycle through all the toys that he's got, and <laughs> like you, you kind of... You're kind of scratching around the house a little bit, and it's it yeah. is a hell of a long day to to try and keep him amused. Because you know you want to keep him stimulated and, and interested, and yeah, and there's only so much you can do on a rainy day when he's not very well. What's been the most challenging? Um, it's probably the the feeding because I've not got the natural assets mm. that you need to to feed him, <laughs> and because he you know unfortunately he's allergic to dairy, so I can't give him formula. So Claire has had to work like a Trojan and, mm. and, and pump at work and you know when she gets home at night to be able to provide the, the milk for me to do that and also you've got, always got to kind of have a like how old's the milk like you know how long's it good for yeah. always got to be washing and sterilising the bottles at ready and yeah. you know if you go out for any period of time you've got to just make sure all your kind of ducks are lined up and, and yeah. um, everything's kind of ready so that's probably the, the most difficult part of yeah. the whole thing Luke's transition to a full time parent was particularly tough his career had left him feeling depressed and emotionally exhausted. He says he felt he was letting his family down. And this is what I did with my um, counsellor. It was just to unpack where that, that kind of um, sense of stigma was coming from. Mm. And um, you sort of have to um, yeah, just kind of deal with that um, and then just accept that, um, you know, why can't I be the stay-at-home mm. parent? Like, it's really important for my daughters, and, I, and I'm looking, you know, 10, 15 years in the future here. Mm. This is like a, an investment. I kind of came to this epiphany, this realisation that being a father, being a husband, is probably going to make the most difference for future generations than anything I did um, in my professional career in public service. Um, yeah, it's going to have the most long-lasting effect. So I'd rather put all my youthful mid-30s yeah. energy into that um, and, then any, and then any other future work I do will sort itself out. Yeah. I, I started a dance group. I guess that's how yeah. I dealt with it. Out of frustration and curiosity and exhaustion, I was like, there's got to be some other dads that are primary carers or just in a similar situation and trying to navigate the whole fatherhood in the early years. Yeah. And so I started the Wire for Dads group and with about four members, we had a big bonfire and a barbecue out here, and um, it grew to seventy members within about six months. So, so like social media is the platform, but I, I, um, I run it off coffee groups and bonfires and clay bird shooting and barbecues and um, bowling nights. So there's a lot of events to get the dads together, preferably without the kids. Um, yeah. And it was just great um, because in a rural area, you've got even more social isolation. Yeah. So yeah. a country like New Zealand, small population spread out over um, two islands. Social isolation for young fathers, um, yeah, a, a real, uh, a real killer, I suppose. Yeah. So that was that was my coping strategy. I mean, I still, I was still struggling. Yeah. Um, but when the guys started to to realise that I was, um, I guess their empathy and recognition of that really helped. But for all the difficulties and challenges, Luke and Patrick both say being a full time dad is hands down the best job they ever had. I wouldn't go back to work. <laughs> Literally, if someone was paying me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's just spending so much time with him. And like, seeing the, the like the genuine delights when he sees you in the morning or, yeah. you know, when when he's woken up from a nap or when you're about to feed him. 
like you know how he ticks and how to make him smile and laugh and <laughs> oh it's been awesome because they're talking to me every day like mm. I'm having that many more conversations with them daily and with toddlers like conversations with their parents you know both mother and father is what supercharges their little brain mm. you know so like um, we're really close those first thousand days first three years just want to make the most of it and so you've got a, a, an opportunity there to, um, to set, set them up for life, really. Mm. You know, you get an opportunity to invest all that time into them when they're older and they're teenagers and don't have a barbie, they want to do their own life, but they'll, they'll still have that bond. I'm hoping that, you know, the time spends this day and dad will pay, will pay off in the future. <laughs> um, they'll still want to listen to my advice. <laughs> it is advice on fatherhood that really resonated with me about what it means to be a good dad. It's the chance to um, make a real difference and, yeah, I guess, impact a generation. It's encouraging other dads that if I can do it, they can do it. Yeah, yeah. And even though I struggled, yeah. it just shows that I'm human and if they can just see how I kind of overcame that and got help and, and just sort of, like, um, took it on my, on my stride and just kind of, you know, take the, the valleys and peaks. It always inspires me when I see other dads considering being a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Or just spending more time with their kids. Yeah. Or like taking back the hours per week. Adjusting their work to suit their kids or putting their family first. It is what has driven Luke to begin working as an advocate for fathers at the charity Kids Need Dads. For me, I know I need to do more to put my family first. To remind myself that long after I'm gone, it won't be the projects I worked on or the stories that I broke that I will really want remembered. It will be the children my wife and I raised and the example for them we both set. Next time on Manchild. Dad, I love you. (laughs) What's that meant to (laughs) mean? How would you describe your dad? My dad was a, a Victorian. He was um, in the Victorian mode of father. What do you think being a good father is all about? I know that's a big question, but is there something that springs to well, mind? I think loving your children. Sometimes you, your love can be tested somewhat. <laughs> but you're just going to love them the best way you can. Man Child was brought to you by News Hub and Rascal and Friends. Written by me, Mike Wesley-Smith. Produced by Maggie Wicks. With audio engineering... By Phil Yule. Go to newshub.co.nz forward slash podcasts for more.